Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another East Tennessee Fishing Report with Ellis Ward. How you doing, Ellis? I'm doing good, Marv. How are you? As always, I'm just trying to stay out of trouble. So uh, what are you seeing on the water in your neck of the woods? Yeah, it's been kind of up and down with temperatures um, and rainfall and flows and on, on both the rivers. Um, this is a... I feel like I've said this is a special time of year um, in every couple weeks, but there is on the Wataga for folks that don't know about it. It is a hatch that when I first saw it, it, you know, it reminds me of something that you see out of a movie um, or a YouTube clip or something at the, the fly fishing film tour. So the, the caddis hatch that occurs on the Wataga is the it's the first hatch that makes you look around and say <laughs> some creative words about how many bugs there are and and how many are coming off at one time um you know there's there's some sulfurs and betas and a bunch of other stuff mixed in uh but but the density of life that is all of a sudden here it's not as though it it occurs over a couple days you just you look around and everything's moving every time you go under a tree there's you know you're you're spitting them out you got to shake them out of your shirt so that kicked off uh mid last week and it was really it's pretty binary it it um it was barely present there were some tiny 18 to 22 black caddis but the the 16 plus tans are out and then um you'll you'll see some some of the big ones that'll be coming here in in the next week so that that's the the big deal um but you know following that and and at the same time as that and just you know looking at rocks the sulfur nymphs are going from black and red to to yellowy and it's as a tire and someone who loves dry fly fishing it's cool to see all these bugs that are not only up but getting ready to come up that are in the 14 to to 18 range versus you know in, in the winter it's a lot of um fishing the 18 on the big side, but 20s, 22s, 24s. So cool, cool transition into spring finally. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, that uh, that hatch on the Watauga is pretty famous. I think Matt Green has written a couple articles about it for Fly Fisherman Magazine, and it's probably the closest thing to a Mother's Day caddis hatch we have on the East Coast. Yeah, I, I think that having fished on the East Coast and on the bunch of the spring creeks up in pennsylvania and you know wade fishing throughout virginia and, and maryland and even up in up in michigan and seeing some of the crazy stuff like the hex hatch up there um i had read about the caddis hatch and then the first year i was here it was just it was six weeks of not just full generation but it was the like auxiliary like they were doing even more so i really wasn't seeing the big numbers and then the second year i was here it was that jaw dropping, you know, all those articles made sense. Um, 
it's it's pretty cool to witness. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the sulfurs. I was actually having a conversation with my friend uh, Phil Awani last week, um, and he's sending me some sulfurs, and he's like, hey, you know, what color are they? I was like, well, it's kind of interesting, right? Because they're not always really, you know, yellow, right? Sometimes they're kind mm-hmm. of a peachy color. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so I was kind of walking him through, like, you know, sometimes they're a little brownie, sometimes they're a little bit peachy. Um, so uh, looking forward to getting some of those, and uh, we'll have to fish those together when we get together. Yeah, are are you talking about the adults? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it is pretty cool to see. Um, and I haven't radio tagged any of the nymphs quite yet, but um, you know, you, you see them in different colors under rocks. Um, and I always heard about that. You know, that this river is is peachy, and this river is heck. I, I have a a dubbing. Uh, that I'm using for the caddis pupa rear ends that is called sulfur yellow and it is chartreuse. Yeah. So all over the spectrum. Yeah. And I mean, I see people tying with those like almost glow in the dark uh, biots too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, really cool. Got an interesting question for you, even though we're talking about mm-hmm. bugs. Um Got a got a listener who wanted to get your thoughts on are there times when it's advantageous to use a floating line instead of a sinker streamer fishing on big rivers? Yeah, this is something I've been thinking about as I'm um, compiling ideas on on making some instructional or informative content. Uh, one of which is that. Streamer fishing doesn't have to be as complicated as I think it seems, and certainly it doesn't have to be as complicated as I enjoy making it, and that's just because it's my style. So with with the floating line question, it's really how how are you able to present a fly in a way that is – you know, what you feel to be an effective presentation. So, I mean, obviously lower water could be uh, um, a scenario and I'll kind of walk through what that would look like. Um, One would be swinging something heavy and the approach there is a little different than the, the typical swinging. And that's, when I say heavy, I, I mean uh, very negatively buoyant. So something sparse with like a tungsten head, something like that. So as you're swinging with a floating line, every time you're stripping, instead of with a sinking line, you're moving it back and forwards in the water column because your line's sinking too. Um, it, it's staying in that same vertical plane of the water column. When you're doing that with a floating line, you're getting you're emphasizing the jig on that and that can oftentimes I mean, I talk about the kill all the time letting your fly die uh, and with jig flies it's, it's that down and up um so that's one you know slow slower water where your floating lines not getting dragged on the surface really quickly you can really emphasize the jig um, and you're not going to be worried about having line getting pulled out and, you know, setting through a big bow that the river has created. Um, another, you know, f- 
I think streamer fishing gets conflated in a bunch of different ways, but I, I consider topwater to be a version of streamer fishing, and that doesn't necessarily mean a popper. Um, that just means a a bait fish type fly that is in you know the first couple inches, if not on top of the water column, and being able to you know get a presentation and keep it up there without the fly being necessarily buoyant. Um, you can still get um, you can get all of the the profile and action that you'd want from below. And that's, I think, another misconception about trout is that you need to get down into their face and and it needs to be big. And if if you get the right presentation and there's a fish that's willing to go, um, a lot of times I'm fishing positively buoyant, so flies that would be floating um, otherwise, and I'm, I'm fishing them on sinking line. So you, you could be fishing you know, dungeons, typical streamers like that on a floating line and, and that profile from below. Um, most of the time these fish, ground trout in particular, are coming up and eating either from the side or from below. Um, most of the times both, they're coming in at the belly. And if your approach of sinking line and, you know, trying to bang the bank give it a pause, let it sink, and then move it out and have something chase it out isn't working, absolutely go with the floating line and and put something uh, in, you know, right where you would with the typical streamer fishing, right up against the bank or structure. And, you know, fish it the same way with, with fast, short strips and big kills. And the... Um, Th- that profile showing down to the fish can oftentimes be the trigger as opposed to the fish coming out and chasing something from behind. So um, it's it, it's certainly something to experiment with. And floating line, it can be challenging and, and fast-moving deep water, um, but it, it's not as though it doesn't have its place. Yeah, as you were saying all that, I'm sitting there visualizing like a really small, like uh, micro changer bait fish fish that way. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at today with with the lake warming up, and we're getting some generation, and um, it's going to be pushing shad into the river, and we'll we'll see bait balls up in in where trout are, and at the the transition zone down in the lake which sort of moves as as the dam release makes its way down there they'll school up bait uh lake run browns creek browns and striper they'll school up bait up against the banks and blow it up and you really can't you can't do anything with the sinking line um i've i've found myself first couple times i was fishing it somewhat frustrated because there's just no there's no ability to keep a a small fly buoyant or not in the zone even if you extend your leader um so having having the extra spools and popping over to a a floating or a, a slow intermediate um 
with a little micro changer, uh, absolutely a little clouds or something like that. Um, those, those like two, two and a half inch micro finesse changers are deadly for, for this situation that I'm talking about. But yeah, that's, I mean, in that situation, it's the only way to get that presentation. Yeah. And you know, folks, we love questions at the Articulate Fly. You can email them to us. You can DM us on social media. And if we use your question, I will send you some Articulate Fly swag. And we are in a drawing for two days of fishing with Ellis and a night at the Watauga River Lodge with Brownie. And uh, Ellis, before I let you go meet your client, uh, you want to let folks know how they can find you, book you, and all that kind of good stuff? Sure. Uh, website is elliswardflies.com. Uh, Instagram is a good way to contact me at Ellis Ward guides, the best way to reach out. And I I had a guy that we ended up talking for an hour last week. Um, he just had some basic, basic questions and gave him a bunch of advice. Um, reach, reach out to me on my cell phone. Give me a call or text 513-543-0019. Uh, well, there you go. Well, listen, folks, uh, as it keeps warming up and we move deeper and deeper into spring, you owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Ellis. Appreciate it, Marv. Mm-hmm.